Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jo Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Today's episode is sponsored by Ravel and Bethany House Publishers, which are divisions of Baker Publishing Group. Find out more at bakerpublishinggroup.com. Hey everyone, it is Jamie Joe right here for another Madlet Musings podcast. And today we have with us for the first time ever Mary Keneally. Hey Mary, how are you? Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Jamie. I am so excited to have you on because I love your books and there's nothing more fun than a good historical romance with western flair and we get to talk about that today. Cowboys. Let's go. Yes, cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> you have a new book coming in June and it's called The Laws of Attraction. Tell us a little bit about it. This is book two in a series, right? Yes, it is. And this is, to me, this book, I, I mean, I love all three books, but this book is sort of the inspiration for the book because um, Wyoming, which is it's so interesting and funny to me, Wyoming was the first state in the union to give women the right to vote. Was it really? Why? Why Wyoming? Because they're it's progressive. Sure. Nobody, nothing more modern than Wyoming. And um, 9,000 people in the state total when they're trying to become a territory. Total in the whole state and five to one women, five to one men. So it's all a decision made by men, endorsed, supported, backed by men to let women have the right to vote. So That is fascinating. Yes, it is. And there was something cool about their governor. He was one of those guys. He thought this was right after the Civil War. He like he thought black people should be allowed to vote. Women should be allowed to vote. Native Americans should be allowed to vote. And anytime they challenge him on it, he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's get them in here, too, and let them vote. Come on, let's let them vote. Wow. So, and women's suffrage was a lot more than voting. They okay. were allowed to uh, serve on juries. They were allowed to be appointed to offices that formerly were close to them. They were allowed to run for office. And, and my story, the first woman justice of the peace was in Wyoming. And if you look at Wyoming history, they had the first governor, they had the first state senators, they had the first nationals, you know, senators and house congressmen. It's just strange. They were just way ahead of the curve. And then when they finally allowed to become a state, um, the, the government, United States government said, yeah, okay, it's time for you to become a state, but you got to take the vote away from women. And they did the same thing to Utah, who had also given women suffrage, and Utah's like, okay, yeah, we'll do it. And they took the right away to vote. And Wyoming's just like, no, no, we'll, we'll stay in territory forever. We will stand in the union for 100 years, but we will not come in without our women. So it's just really cool, fun stories to read about that. And, uh, and the first woman justice of the peace possibly in the world, certainly in the United States, was from Wyoming. And my book is the second woman justice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so it, it was just, it's just an interesting history to read. And I just really, uh, it's, I love historical research just because, you know, there's just always great stories. So, so uh, my heroine is a, uh, former law the wife of a former lawman the widow of a former lawman okay. and uh, she's in wyoming and she wants to be a seamstress 
and there are no women. <laughs> And a very few women they are, they're like, yeah, we can sew our own dresses. Forget it. Right. You know? I don't need a seamstress. We're in Wyoming. Come on. Seamstress. And she's like, but I really like the state. But I really like sewing pretty dresses. So she's kind of in a quandary and she finds out a cowboy comes in and asks if she can make him a pair of chaps. Aha. She's like, no, I don't know. And he's like, well, here's an old pair. Try. Here's a piece of leather. Try. Before she knows, she's got this booming business making chaps. Everybody wants a pair. 9,000 guys in the state somebody's making chaps and she's like i hate making chaps on the other hand i am the richest person in town so I, you know, <laughs> she's just all desperate to try to find someone to let her make her dress and in the meantime she's quite the entrepreneur and somebody wants her to make him a cowboy hat and she's like i'm afraid i know i don't be able to do it i don't want to stick to that oh <laughs> so, my gosh <laughs> so anyway She's a fun character. And then a homesteader, widowed homesteader, moves to town with three young, half-grown daughters. And every one of them needs a dress. Uh So she's like, well, let's work a deal here. You know, and so anyway, she gets to make dresses for these little girls. And then, and then because her husband was a lawman. Okay. They have a a series of stagecoach robberies. These really, really vicious, ruthless stagecoach robberies. And... And they bring in some dead bodies from a stagecoach holdup. And the sheriff's just like, you know, I've really never solved a crime before. I find a guy standing over a dead body with a smoking gun and that's it. That's, that's it. She's like, well, you know, she's got all these great lawmen advice. And before you know it, she's like helping solve this crime. And then their justice of the peace uh, is going to move away. And the sheriff says, will you do it? It is farther from sewing dresses than ever. <laughs> <laughs> but she takes a job because she loves Wyoming. She loves being able to vote. She loves the idea of a woman doing it, not her personally. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'll support any woman you want to be the justice of the peace. Just not me. <laughs> All right, I'll take the job. And then, you know, then people start trying to kill her. You know how, you, oh, know, you know, all the minor details of life, you know, so you're trying to be killed. You're hunted. So anyway, <laughs> so she's just, she's just a fun character she's really good at the law stuff but it's not what she wants to do yeah and she absolutely doesn't want to get married again but she does kind of want those girls she hmm. can't figure out a way to get them without marrying him and so the <laughs> dilemma so because her first husband was very nice so she's kind of over marriage but anyway she's uh that's that's my story and then and then uh, the you know the gun fighting and the horse riding and the galloping and screaming all begin. That's how I write. <laughs> galloping and screaming might be the best description of your books I've ever heard. Galloping and involving a Stetson. That's so. Uh, I always think I solve all my plot sagging plot points by by shooting someone. Well, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, that picks everything up, and then. Yeah, you know, I say that to people who are writing Amish and they just act like, that's not going to work for me, man. <laughs> hey, I totally relate it. Any, relate to it. Anytime there's a... But, you know, I actually prefer if there's gunfire. Oh, so. right, right. Yeah, anytime there's a leg in my story, I'm like throwing a dead body and... Yeah, let's, let's just have a whiz by our head. We'll figure out where it came from. Exactly, later. exactly. We'll figure out what happened later. We're hiding and... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the it. basic premise. The the second woman justice of the peace in American history is my. Is I my, love that. 
Yeah, she's she's great. She's way too compared to the first one, who was really a grizzly old woman, pretty tough, pretty much of a suffrage. Mine's a very pretty young blonde woman who's just she still think she finds it in her to be pretty tough. So well, yeah. you know what? I think a lot of women back in those days had to find it in them to be tougher than they may have originally planned. Yeah. And, and I also think, you know, we always talk about women in the petticoats and the and all this stuff to do to proper, I think those women got out way out in the country. I think they probably just kind of did what they wanted and their husband's probably perfectly smart. Yeah, go ahead and wear a pair of pants. It's stupid for you to ride the horse in that dress. If we're going to town, maybe crack the dress out, but otherwise, <laughs> not allowed. So. Yeah, I have a feeling the uh, way of the corset went away really fast out on oh, the Western territories for sure. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh man. Well, I love it. That sounds super fun and adventurous. And I love the fact that there's danger in it and all of that too, you know, cause that, that makes a good Western, right? <laughs> What's the point you got? There's no book. If there's not something going on. Right. You know? Exactly. <laughs> there's gotta be a bigger plot than wanting to sew dresses. Although that's a good start. That is a good start. It's uh... <laughs> She doesn't get to make too many dresses, but she finally gets to make some for these girls. And then she's trying to teach them to sew because their mom is dead. And mm -hmm. oh, it's, it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. so. Oh, I love that. I love that. Now this is book two in a series. So does it stand alone on its own? Like, could I read this one without reading book one? I think it does. I think they all stand alone, but I think they might be a little more fun if you know the other stories. Because, you know, she's best friends with the girl who's the star of book one. And then best friends with the woman who's in book three. So they walk through the book and they have a part in it. But the story itself stands alone. Okay. And these stagecoach robbers, they're kind of an overarching thing from book one to book three. But we saw our own little section of the crime, right? I here. love it. Turns out there's more trouble left to become from book three. But for a while, it looks like the trouble's over. That's funny. <laughs> I love that. So, okay, tell me a little bit about stagecoach robberies. Because it seems like with a lot of Western books and movies... There's always a stagecoach robbery, but they were pretty prevalent back then, weren't they? I think so. Especially this is this is Wyoming. There's gold. Mm -hmm. I mean, not here in my particular town, but this this gang has just learned to be. Uh, yeah, they they usually stagecoach robberies. They would come in right in masked. And they didn't necessarily not kill anyone, but their goal wasn't to leave a bunch of dead bodies. They're just trying to steal the strong box and rob the passengers. Mm -hmm. But these guys are ruthless. They do not be witnesses. And one of the reasons is because there are known men in the area. They're respectable men who are doing this on the side. So they can't let anybody see them. So they've never left a witness. So got it. They they pick their they uh, pick their spot. They pick an uphill slope so those stagecoaches slowed, and they've got a place they can run down and attack. And and uh, anyway, one guy comes in alive from this, and he's, he's all shot up. But they thought he was dead, but he's alive, and they're trying to keep him alive. And now my heroine is like kind of like instructing everybody. For one thing, she's decided somebody local there's a reason they're not leaving witnesses they're not just evil cruel they don't want anyone to see him so she thinks we can't leave him alone ever in the doctor's office and we can't leave him alone with one person because we don't know who it is right so there's always two people and it's just uh she, i mean this is all her just being savvy in, right in 
law enforcement. So anyway. And, and you know what that means then? That means that if she's savvy, you're savvy because you're the author of that creator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually think maybe I'm writing characters who I wish I was like, not that I'm really. <laughs> <laughs> but sure, I'm savvy. Let's go with that. We'll Let's go see. with that, Mary. I think that fits here. <laughs> Are you enjoying today's broadcast with our featured author? You can find out more about them and other authors from Baker Publishing Group at bakerbookhouse.com. Use code MADLIT40 for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title at bakerbookhouse.com. This also includes Ravel and Bethany House Publishing. Go over fast. It's MADLIT40. That's your magic code for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title. So you've set these books in Wyoming and a lot of your books take place out West, right? Like the majority of them are set Western. Yes, they are. And, and I've had to, I've just had to force myself to get away from Texas because it's so knee jerk, you know, that's just where I want. But I really like the Rocky mountains. Uh, They're almost a character avalanches and blizzards and all that stuff in Texas. Your main characters are just, it's hot. It's hot. There's a rattler. There's a there's a cactus. <laughs> yeah, but I need I need somebody to be able to fall off a mountain once in a while. I need cliffhangers. So <laughs> so I kind of like set them in Wyoming. I the one I'm doing right now is in Idaho, which okay. I just never done. I've done Montana and Colorado. The last series I did was in California, which I'd never done before, but like around Yosemite and mm-hmm. that wasn't really that good of a character of there's mountains, but there's no blizzards, you know, it's just, yeah. I just, I just try to do something different once in a while because I, I am afraid of being too much the exact same. So right, I don't right. Know, that's what I'm always thinking. Oh, I haven't done that one before. So I, I like that one time and I haven't done Texas for a while. So maybe I should get back to Texas. I don't know. As you say, you might have some readers going, Hey, we need to see some Texas now. Cowboys, come on. Yeah. Or maybe go over to New Mexico because we don't see a lot of New Mexico. And that's where I grew up visiting with my grandparents lived there. I did a New Mexico a while back, but I okay. haven't done that. Myself, so there you go. Yeah. yeah I, there's, there's always adventure. I mean, to me, New Mexico is very adventurous, but that's because I grew up playing there with my, my grandparents lived there and my cousin would make me go black widow hunting. And <laughs> yeah, it wasn't my, my, um, preferred form of recreation playing with black widows but we did it hunting's bad enough finding one that's just terrifying oh yeah well you know the first memory i have is she found this black widow in the horse barn and got one of those metal fence posts you know and reaches up with it and twists the web until the the spider's on the end of it and then she goes oh we need a jar to put the spider in i'm like why why are we keeping this and she goes, I'll be right back. I'm going to go to the house and get a jar. And right as she's leaving the horse barn, she turns and goes, oh, just be cautious because they can jump. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I'll just stand here with a poisonous spider. Now I'm going to die. So that's, yeah, I know. It's a miracle I'm here talking to you today, Mary. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, gosh, black widows. Uh, yeah, they're precious. Rattlesnake, but I haven't done a black widow yet. There you go. There, there. I gave you a new story idea. You can put a black widow in one of your books. (laughs) Oh, I love it. 
So do you, you know, I, I know you were telling me at the beginning of the, before we came on the podcast that you live kind of in the Midwest area. Have you ever lived out West? You know, I haven't. I am just, I live 10 miles from where I was born. I mean, I'm just the most <laughs> deeply rooted person you've ever seen. So we're living in my husband's grandfather's house. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a hundred year old farmhouse and that's more charming than it sounds. It's really kind of old, and <laughs> but it keeps the rain off our head. What are you going to do? I just said, you're, you're dry in the winter and you're dry in the that's summer. Right. So. Warm in the winter, cool in the summer. So it's just, I'm, I'm good. I'm settled here. So. Oh, that's great. Okay. So you write for Bethany House Publishing, which is a Christian publisher. Do you have elements of faith that work through your story too? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, I One of the main things I'm trying to deal with in this series is, and I think that's kind of a recurring theme, is whom shall I fear? Oh. These people who face danger and they kind of, these women, and they kind of have to come to a place like, okay, you can do whatever you want to me in, up to two and including death, but you can't, you can't uh, touch my soul. Right. I'm, I'm faith in the Lord. So, mm -hmm. Anyway, so, uh, and, and so that's my, whom shall I fear? That's, that's sort of, because of course there's plenty to fear and there's plenty of danger and there's, they're, you know, they're tr trying not to let worry run their lives and, uh, you know, just them try to come to uh, terms with not being afraid, even in the middle of terrible danger. So right, right. that's what I would say. No, I like that. And I think back in that time period, if I'm not mistaken, in a sense, in a lot of those Western towns, you're sort of on your own as far as your biblical and faith were well, concerned. We have a pastor in town. We have a parson. Excuse me. No, that's all right. Uh, he's uh, he's the current justice of the peace. Okay. He's getting his mother-in-law and his wife wants to go back to Nebraska because his mother-in-law's husband, you know, if husband has died and she is in kind of a, she just can't take care of herself exactly anymore. So he's leaving. That's just not important, but that's the reason he's leaving. And that's why we open up the justice of the peace job. And uh, um, what was the question? I don't even know. <laughs> no, I was just, I was just thinking about the fact that back in the Western, the Western times, um, some of those towns didn't have pastors and churches and you were sort of on your own for your faith. Some of my characters live so far out, they really yeah. just can't come in. So, so we try to deal with that. We, then this particular series, they do come in and they do have church services, but then Parson Blodgett moves away and now we've got even though know, they sing on, they're in the schoolhouse, they don't have a church, so they sing on Sunday mornings, and they, and they read the Bible, and they just talk, but they don't really have a, but they do have organized, to that point, church services, but I have lots of them where they just like, wow, I live way out, I've not been in a church before. Right, right. So you have, you have um, Nell, who has to become the justice of the peace, and and you have a town without a pastor who's not left town and stagecoach robbers and a widower with daughter. I mean, you've got the whole cast going on here. I do. I got trouble from every possible angle. I so. love it. I love it. Well, I think readers will be really, really happy to connect with your characters. And you have a third book that's, is it coming out this year too? Yes. And it's coming out in October. That's book three in the Wyoming Sunrise series. And that is, uh, 
marshalling her heart. Okay. And she's uh, all, all the late characters in this book are uh, non-traditional careers. Okay. So my first one is a lady blacksmith. And my second one is a lady justice of the peace. And my third one is a lady rancher. And I write so many lady ranchers that most people who read me think that's not non-traditional. Well, not for me, but in real life. <laughs> yeah, in so, real life, if you look historically, it's non-traditional. So, yes. Women out there ranching probably back then. But anyway, so that's the that's the three books. And the, and the next one, she's the lady rancher. And, and they, it's called Marshalling Her Heart. And she's, uh, they're using her the U.S. Marshals come in and use her ranch as a base to try to find these stagecoach robbers. Okay. Because of where it's located, they think it's a good location, and she's got to figure out how to get all these, let all these guys come in and uh, do their investigating and still keep her ranch running. And, yeah. and the foreman is a former marshal, which is one of the reasons they thought of him, because his brother's still a U.S. Marshal, so they knew that he knew his brother was in that area, so so uh so yeah so that's the love interest her and her foreman and she's a very successful rancher and uh now she's got lawmen crawling all over her ranch and she doesn't like it very well but she does want these stagecoach robberies to end so well because yeah the end of the book they that book two it looks like they've solved everything and then boom here they boom. are again something happens <laughs> here <we go> again. <laughs> i love it i love it so if readers want to find out more about you and find out more about your books and be able to follow this journey through the Wyoming sunrise, where do they go to find out more about all of this? Well, marykeneally.com, which the trick there is spelling it, which could just good luck. They'll figure it out. <laughs> I also following me on Amazon. Uh, mm -hmm. Then you can email to your inbox box when a new book comes out and um I'm just in all the usual places, Twitter and BookBub and Goodreads and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, look for me on uh, Baker Bookhouse, too. They've got all my books listed there. They so. do. They do. Awesome. Mary, this has been so much fun to chat Western. Now I want to go out West and do some camping and hiking. Oh, and I don't know about me and camping and hiking. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, we went as far as Laramie, Wyoming. Okay. As yep. far west as I've gone. And I've got a daughter in Denver, so ah. that takes. There's not much cowboy in town in Denver. Where she not goes. Denver, but you can you can find them on the on the outskirts and and get yeah, outside exactly. of Denver. Babies <laughs> there, so I tend to not get out of town. I just play with my grandbabies. Sounds <laughs> like a good choice. I think that's a good choice. <laughs> oh well, thanks for being with us, Mary. And maybe we will talk to you again in October when the third book comes out. Great, I had a good time, Jamie. All right, thanks. All right. Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Madlit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com.